0: Welcome to Laxicon, the podcast for lacrosse coaches who want to elevate their focus on building responsibility and accountability in their players. Join us as we talk to top coaches at all levels and find out how they are able to grow and develop their programs and players. Welcome back to Laxicon Lacrosse. And today I'm honored to speak with Nick Myers, the head men's lacrosse coach at The Ohio State University. Coach Myers is headed into his eighth season at the helm of the Buckeyes and is coming off a fantastic season where his team posted a 12-7 record in the the first year of Big Ten lacrosse, earning an at-large berth in the NCAA tournament and defeating the Duke Blue Devils in the first round of the playoffs before losing to the eventual champion Denver in the quarterfinals. While Coach Myers' lacrosse accolades are numerous and impressive, I was pleasantly surprised to hear about the leadership program that he has started and is developing at Ohio State and how he is focused on developing his young men into men of character who will serve our society well. Coach Myers and I also discussed briefly the players that my high school has sent to his program and those that I are that we are sending to Ohio State, just in case you pick up on that in the conversation or, and are confused by it. I thought I'd mention it. I really enjoyed my conversation with Coach Myers, and I'm sure that you will as well. So without further ado, here is my interview with Coach Nick Myers of The Ohio State University.
1: Yeah, well, I'm grateful for the opportunity and uh, glad that we could find a time that works. And awful excited about, you know, young Skyler, that's for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I wanted to talk to you about Skyler and what we can do to to uh, get him ready for you, he's definitely a, a heck of a prospect for you, and it, uh, I'm excited that uh, that'll be the second Mason lacrosse goalie that you've uh, you'll sure. end up having up there. And you know, the first one yeah. the first one's a good indication of what you're going to get out of the second one too. They're both tough kids and uh, really great teammates, good leaders. Yeah,
1: yeah. Scott was special, no doubt, And you know a very unique way that you know he ended up with us, but. Well, amazing young man, you know, and, and a leader, and and uh, everything you'd ask for in a Buckeye. So, um, and I get that sentiment from Skyler, obviously, too. He's just—it it means a lot to him. And I know
0: he's—I uh, uh, know he's excited. So. Oh yeah, he's yeah, he's seriously fired up. Right now, he's fired up about being in playoff football because uh, Mason is going to the playoffs here on Saturday, <laughs> and he's yeah. he's got a chance to play as a sophomore a little bit too. And he's so he's really excited sure. about that. Hey, um, coach. This um, mm-hmm. this podcast I'm doing. It's uh, I've listened to your podcast on lax coach Mike, and 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 as much as I love the stuff that I got out of those podcasts, this one is all about uh, leadership, teamwork, and character development in the kids because that's that's something that uh, I see as a high school coach is a key factor in in getting these kids ready for the next level and getting them really ready for the next level of life as far as that goes. And and our boys are struggling. A lot of them are struggling, not, not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them are struggling to, to try to f- figure out how to navigate that whole, uh, you know, leadership and what it means to be a great teammate and, you know, what, what values they, uh, they really stand for. And, and, uh, epitomize. So that's kind of what I want to dig into more than anything Great. is, and I know that you're a big, big advocate of, uh, building that, uh, the leadership and the character into the boys. And so that's why I'm really looking forward to talking to you now. Um, I, you know, I think the first thing I ask most coaches is, you know, what happens, um, what what's the program in the off season when you don't have these guys under your your control are there things that uh, that you promote that they do together or that you set up that they do together i noticed there's a whole lot of community service events and hours put in by your guys and i just wonder you know what that looks like
1: yeah you know well for us when the season ended in denver you know last may um you know, we came home, we did our exit interviews, we did you know, kind of a postseason survey, which uh, is really really important to the next journey. As hard as that is, it, it creates, uh, gives us as a staff some some really important feedback um, from the men before the seniors kind of, you know, move on. And, and then what we're able to do is uh, we've created, this is year two of our leadership council, and um, this isn't a groundbreaking idea. I think every I think other teams do something similar, but what we've modeled is something where you have five seniors, three juniors, and two sophomores, and they're voted on by their peers. And but um, I had bi biweekly phone calls with them all summer. Wow. And every two weeks we would get together, and I would set an agenda, and we would talk. And one of the chart, you know, one of them, one of them, a young man who's a senior for me was charged with, you know, breaking up five phone calls. Every two weeks, so you know, you'd start by just saying, you know, some guys were at the beach, some guys are on vacation, some guys are at home, you know. So we'd get on this conference call together, and it was kind of fun. And um, and then each guy would talk a little bit about what he'd been doing in the last two weeks, and then talk about his four or five phone calls. And then we would just talk about, you know, maybe we'd kind of start piecing together what what we need to, you know, that the fall needs to look like. And you know, we covered a lot of ground. We read the the hard hat by John Gordon. This oh, I love that book. LC. Yeah, John's a good friend, you know, he, he and we, we, we kind of pieced through that, um, we did a, uh, we did we vetted the team rules together throughout those calls, so that, you know, they, I sent to them via email, they, they talked amongst themselves and came back to me, and so over the course of five or six calls, um, and they were charged with calling all the new guys, you know, so all the, the right. future Buckeyes were being called as well, and, and getting rotated around. And, uh, so I thought that was big, you know, we get, we get to campus, uh, you know, the guys are here, we, you know, that, that, that council comes in a day or two early. We've already talked about what that first like month is going to look like and kind of what defines success for that first 30 days. So what i found from a coaching standpoint is, you know, they introduce the rules. They have a really clear understanding of exactly what I want to look like. All right. And then they're empowered to execute, you know, we have the big brother system uh, that's in place. Um, that's, that's been, it's in, you know, again, year two, uh, where we kind of frame out each month over the 12 month window of what, what it means to be a big brother and expectations. Uh, that first weekend we're together, we go to West Virginia. This is the second year we've done that. Uh, it's a really nice trip. It's, it's a retreat. I take the phones away. We spend three days in the woods doing, you know, ropes courses and, uh, we do some white water rafting together and awesome. campfire. And then we come home and, you know, the, the kind of the, the routine starts. So we felt like through those conference calls, through the retreat, um, through a couple of team meals, right from the get here, uh, that we laid at least the, the foundation of the brotherhood. And then, you know, the routine starts and what we've done every, every Wednesday, since they've gotten back, as we call them, you know, life skills Wednesdays, but every Wednesday is a kind of a non lacrosse day. And we bring in a different speaker. You know, we do our, what we call our, our, our factor training, which is, uh, Again, in year two for us, of that as well, but the R factor training has been has been huge. You know, Coach Meyer just released his his you know above the line book. Uh, a lot of that's based off of his relationship with Tim Kite. You know, in their third year together, and Tim okay. comes into our locker room every week, speaks to our guys for about thirty minutes. You know, and it's training. Really, it's not. It's not a speaker. So then we kind of parlay. You know, we 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 add to that with uh, another speaker. If you will, um, depending, it could be someone on financial services. It could be Born Life. It could be, you know, Chief Stone came in one day. Nutritionist, sports psychologist, uh, Tom Ryan, our wrestling coach, came in one day. So you know, we have these different speakers that come in around that, and those are really powerful days as well as a lot of team building. I think goes on. Um, So that's a little bit of kind of a snapshot of some of the things that we do. I mean, yes, you mentioned the community service. We've done a lot. We've done about 300 hours. You know, since last May, have service as a team in um, a variety of different ways, and I always think that's a way to bring your guys together.
0: So right, hey, l- let me let me back up a little bit because you just you threw yep. a lot at me, and it's a lot of good stuff, and I want to dig into it a little bit. Um, you you said there's five seniors, two juniors, two sophomores on this leadership council. Is that the breakdown? Five, three
1: juniors, and two sophomores. Okay, yeah, so and then, and then as we get closer here to captains, we've not voted captains yet. Uh, we will elect two freshmen. So when it's all said and done, there'll be twelve guys on it. But right now, the freshmen there's no freshman
0: representation. Right. I mean, how how do those guys get selected, or is that something that just you sure. and the coaches? No, they're peer selected. That's, that's peer driven. Wow. Okay, so that and the how many singers do you typically carry?
1: Uh, we have forty-four guys in the team, so classes range from about ten to twelve guys.
0: Okay, so it's pretty pretty selective when they these guys get selected, especially the juniors and sophomores. Um, what what about do 20% their of the teams? Yeah, what, what do their teammates look for in them? I mean, what kind of guidance do you give them when they're yeah deciding to select?
1: I, I think they realize it's not as you know it's, it's work. I mean, these guys they have a seven A meeting with the leisure council tomorrow. You know, before a workout for thirty minutes. And you know, it's calls in the summer, and you're expected to be on those calls, and you know, so it's a it's a huge responsibility. You know, it really is. It's also something that I think guys embrace. And, you know, that they're they're charged with kind of being the pulse of the team, and um, if there's something that that's going on, they're going to be the first to hear. It. I kind of look at them as the board. You know, right. you know, and that, um, from a business model, uh, it's really important that, you know, the seniors definitely have more of a voice in those conversations, but I think the sophomores and juniors are privy to every conversation we have about the team. And, you know, you're really training, you know, the future leaders potentially in some ways. And more importantly, you know, they're they're just responsible for the pulse. They said they're responsible to make sure that they're giving me feedback and it's very open. You know, right. I, I ask them, I demand actually from them feedback on me, on the staff, on where we are and as well as good to them and I think because there's that comfort level if they can they can speak openly, they can say, Hey coach, we like this or you know, I'm not sure guys are really understanding why we're doing this or your delivery here is something like some guys are missing. You know, they're they kind of smart about it. But right. you know, we, we uh we definitely speak pretty openly in those meetings. And I think that's a really healthy thing. And at the same time, you know, they know they're charged with you know, the culture and they kind of move the needle in terms of who we are and how we do things. And that's that's a good thing.
0: Right. Have you ever had uh, a player selected who declined that that honor? Uh, not to today. No, you know, I, I haven't.
1: And I think that, that, that it's funny you say that because, you know, I think it, it isn't for everyone.
0: Right. And you hate
1: to see guys forcing and We've had some guys that maybe haven't been elected that thought they should have been <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: um, or felt like they were surprised when they, their name didn't come up. But and that's hard. You know, it's a conversation with some guys. Um, there's, there's certainly some that aspire to be that. But for whatever reason, their peers have decided that they maybe they won't be the best voice. And it's not necessarily captains. I mean, we have five seniors on this council, and they won't all be captains. Right. So you're creating this strong, this like this, this another, it's another layer. To me, two captains, three captains, and a coach and 44 guys just isn't enough. Mm -hmm. You know, there needs to be another layer with a team of that size. And what this has done is kind of insulated, you know, and and created a little bit easier traction for those captains when they are elected. And I'm sure they'll come from the LC. But, um, you know, now they have kind of their, that's their working group, you know, to, to kind of versus that daunting feeling of, okay, now I'm responsible for four guys every weekend. You know, All that's a, right. uh, that's a little different. So it's good.
0: So it's worked for us, what's, um what's the big brother program? What, uh what, how's that run? Yeah,
1: we care that like, we care the older guys. You have to have, you know, a certain GPA and have a degree of community service hours to qualify to be a big brother. But we, we we partner a senior, sometimes even a junior, up with a freshman, an incoming guy in a transfer. And, you know, the, the thought process is, you know, it's someone that's like their point of contact. You know, Thursday nights they go out together. Big brothers take a big brother dinner night. They take them watch like a pizza or something like that. Right. But, you know, I mean, it's a freshman struggling if a guy's sick if a guy's homesick if a guy's just not not you know not getting it the way he should if there's any type you know that's the big brothers is usually where i start say so, hey listen man have you had a conversation with so-and-so about this or this or uh, i think it's good to have some some of those other guys have some skill in the game in terms of being responsible for uh the, the future of the program you know yeah and if they, it's just, it, it, it's a little bit more of a point of pride. Like, you know, today we're doing a workout and one of the younger guys, you know, excelled and his big brother was, was pretty fired up, you know? And so, um, that's all those type those of yeah. the moments are kind of cool. And, you know, it, it's truly what you think. I mean, we want them to treat Nick. I, I tell him, listen, I want you to treat him like he's your little brother. <laughs> right. If that was your little brother, what would you do? You would do, you would go above and beyond to make sure that, he had a place to go for Thanksgiving, and that he was doing okay in school, and that he wasn't homesick, and that he understood, you know, if coach was firm with him, what that really meant, that like you would go, you would, you would, you take the time, you'd wait for him to give him a ride, you know, so just like all those little things, and it's important that there's older, their locker is right next to their big brother, so all the freshman locker is right next to their older,
0: their their big brother, which is kind of nice. Oh, uh, yeah, I like that. Hey, a a light bulb kind of went off in my head there when you said they had to qualify to be a big brother because I've actually done this program before, but I always just kind of assigned these kids, okay, you're going to take care of this freshman, you're going to take care of this sophomore, You know, senior, sophomore, junior, uh, freshman type thing. But uh, I like the way you have that set up where they actually have some level of Qualification to earn the right to be a, a mentor, a big brother to somebody coming up. I mean, it, that that kind of adds a whole other level of responsibility to it. It sounds like they, yeah. Uh, well, there's some guys who just haven't haven't gotten there yet. You know, <laughs> yeah. So, how do you um, you're getting ready to select your captains? How how does that? What does that process go? Does the team select the
1: yeah? Thank okay. you. We don't overthink the captains. I mean, I've done it a bunch of different ways over the years, and <laughs> I come back to the, the fact that I think you, what we've done is just kind of waited longer and longer now that we have the leadership council. We don't feel like we're there's a gap, but we don't feel like we're not getting leadership. I think what the captains do is just kind of that final stage of defining your voice a little bit more, and you know, we're, we're probably a week away from doing that, so I'm excited about that. I think we'll just, you know, just continue to you know, make the core stronger. Um, you know, we'll allow the men an opportunity to vote and share their feelings. I'll, I'll look at it before we announce it. I'll talk to those guys to make sure that they're up for the responsibility and what what it what it means. And if they accept, then we'll we'll make the announcement to the to the men.
0: Okay. What if it's? Uh, I imagine it's. They know they know who the front runners are. But what if? How many do you select? I mean, it is, does it matter how their how yeah. the voting goes? Yeah,
1: I think you have to have fifty percent of the team vote for you. I've always felt like if you don't have fifty percent of the locker room that wants you to be a captain, you're probably not
0: uh-huh.
1: you know, we're prepared. And so, you know, that's where my discretion comes in a little bit in terms of the two versus three,
0: you know, type thing. One, you know. Yeah, I've uh I've i I'm like you, I've seen it done a lot of different ways. Uh I my, my thing was football. I, I, uh, I went to West Point and I played football. And this is, I'm, I'm going to tell you how old I am because it was back in the 80s when actually Army would beat Navy. And uh, we had a coach named Jim Young who in my senior year decided uh, to go away from the standard convention. And he said, every one of you seniors is a captain. And uh, he had an interesting, uh, interesting result from that. It, it worked for our group. I don't know that that could work for everybody, but, uh, but, you know, I guess it just depends on the group of guys you have and, and whether they're that strong uh, or not. Um, okay. That's interesting uh, the way you you go about that. And uh, I knew, I figured it was getting ready to happen here after fall ball. So, uh, the responsibilities of those guys, your captains, um, now that you get into that uh, that preseason time frame coming up or, you know, the the heavy conditioning air aspect, um, what are their responsibilities? Well, I mean, I
1: think they're kind of now you're defining, you know, a little bit clearer voice that that Leadership Council. You know, they're going to be in charge of setting the agenda for our meetings. They're going to be in charge of, you know, outlining a little bit more um, in terms of just – what that group comes up with, hey, coach, here's the direction that we feel like we want to go. So, you know, I, I don't think that necessarily changes a ton of what we have right now, which right. is kind of nice. And that's kind of by design. I think what it does is just take your leadership group and, and gives them a little bit more specific identity. And I think they're ready for that. And I think sometimes that you have to almost, once a captain seat goes on at somebody you know some guys actually lose their voice you know some of the seniors don't speak up the way they would when they're when they're on captains
0: right
1: and that's what i've found you know so right now we're getting contributions from a lot of different guys because frankly no one has that title you know and i think it's been good to see some guys kind of get out of their comfort level and um and and i think what they what the captain thing does is just you know again it kind of defines us you know as far as responsibility goes you know, they're they're, uh, the first point of contact in terms of the chain of command from from the staff, you know, and and vice versa. So we're going to have a lot. We're going to have probably more conversation with them on a day-to-day, weekly basis in terms of where we are as a team and where we're going. And my big thing is just giving the players the why. You know, I mean, I'm very... Tomorrow we have our meeting with the group, you know, I'll go through the calendar for the next six weeks. We'll talk about holiday break. We'll talk about expectations. We'll talk about January. We'll talk about you know, some, some team building activities, we'll discuss, you know, some social things that I want to put on their plate to make sure that they're aware of and they're, they're in front of. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it's a, it's a ton of communication at the end of the day. I can't be on the same page as 44 guys. Every right. Day. right. You know, it's just not, it's just not possible. You know, the goal is to build a meaningful relationship with every one of these young men. But, you know, my goal is if I feel like if I can get ten guys distributed throughout the team and, and really make sure it's crystal clear exactly what we're doing every day, where we're going, what the plan is, um, you know, you can hold them accountable. And I think the top of that food chain is is your
0: captains. Right. Okay. Um, you know I guess uh the thing I struggle with at the high school level. So in this the podcast is kind of for both high school and and college people but the thing i struggle with uh is getting the standards communicated to the players in a way that they can internalize it and and buy in Uh, how do you get standards communicated and set on your team
1: yeah we have we refer to as the blueprint and you know our blueprint and I think, you know, again, going back, there's a lot of pros that have posters and signage and terms and words and sayings. I mean, for us, you know, about a year ago, we created this blueprint and, you know, what it has is you're, you're, you're all in as we, not me, and do your job. And kind of the three, you know, core, you know, values, if you will, of, of behaviors that we want. and then, but But under those are three specific behaviors that speak to that. And then from that, you get, you know, your outcomes, you know, and for example, under we, not me, the outcome of the three, you know, treating your family, you know, every teammate with love and respect and unwavering loyalty is an unbreakable brotherhood. You know, and then when you look at do your job, know the why, um, train with purpose. And, you know, if you do that, you have the opportunity to operate at maximum capacity and beyond. So what we've done is we've created, you know, again, these clear cut, you know, cores, and then you have the very specific behaviors for each one. And then finally you have the outcomes that you get. And that's how we define above the line behavior. You know, to kind of go back to the R factor, right? We talk a lot about above and below the line and, you know, being more intentional. Like we had a workout Monday and every kid was graded one, two or three each in each one of those areas. You got a one, two or three for all in, you got a one, two or three for do your job. You got a one, two or three for we, not me. And then you get an overall grade. You know, and then we post right. them. We oh, you sticks. post those for everybody to
0: see? Post them. Yeah,
1: post them. And, okay. you know, the threes are, threes are threes are scarlet, the the twos are gray, and the ones are blue. I'll let you figure out why. <laughs> but the, the the guys come in, they see it, and, you know, it is it's it is what it is. You know, if you want to know what, what why you got graded the way you did, you come see your positional coach, or you will have a grade at that area, and we will, we'll be happy to share that with you. You know, but it's it, it's a competitive environment. It's one that, that I think you said you're articulating very clearly the standards and you're creating an environment where kids are going to compete hard for that. And I think more so than beating a Penn State, a Maryland, a Hopkins, you're, you're trying to be, you're trying to get as close to that blueprint as you can and have your kids live that day in, day out, when they're at the facility, when they're not at the facility. And that's how we've kind of, again kind of articulated the standards of our program and how we deliver it, you know, on a day to day.
0: All right. And 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 your um one of in one of the articles I read about you or in one of your bios is, I'm not sure what website it was on, it um I think you talked about your vision statement and and you label yourself as a teacher first, um, who seeks to be understood to understand before being understood how does how does that play out are you are you uh is, is that just a, a listening thing is that a, a a relationship thing
1: um well i mean i think i mean when i i was very fortunate at a young age growing up i was raised by my, my parents were teachers and educators oh, and they got divorced at a young age and they both remarried to teachers so <laughs> i like to think that i was raised by four teachers wow. and uh, which I, I truly was and and coaches, and they all had different strengths, but they all had this passion for people and for teaching young men and women. And, and I went to school and majored in education and knew right from the get-go that this is what I wanted to do. And I did my student teaching in college and just had a thirst for injecting it in a way that was really at the top of the game of cross. And so, like, when I came out to Ohio State, I started as a volunteer that the mission was to coach certainly, but I, I really felt like I was using my education as an educator and the lesson planning and teaching to do that, to teach, to impact, you know, young men. And that, that's what I wanted more than anything. That's what I was, you know, uh, craving. And obviously the coaching piece is to me, one of the same in most cases. And the longer I do this, the more and more you realize the less it less It's about, you know, what offense or defense you're running or what drills. I mean, those are, such a small portion of the, of the success pattern. Right. You know, it's relationships, its trust, it's, its love, and you know, and, it, and it's to your point, it's it's the challenge of really getting a feel for each one of these guys and the different, you know, the different backgrounds they come from, the different families, the different events that they have going on in their lives, how right. it's impacting them, and then how do I play a positive role in that? And I think before you can just roll out your plans, say this is what we're doing, you have to you have to get an understanding of kind of your hand. And what are our strengths? You know, is our leadership different this year than it was last year? Do they lead a different way? What's our freshman class like? You know, what's the dynamics of the team? Do we have any clicks? You know, do we have some groups that we need to really kind of bring together? Those are the types of things I think what I mean what I mean when I say like, you know, seek to understand your 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 group individually and as a core. You gotta deal with your staff. You know, your staff may change, you know, what are the strengths of your staff and what role do I need to maybe assume to get the most and maximize the strengths of my coaching staff? All right. So I think to be an effective teacher, you have to first assess, you know, kind of do a little asset assessment and get a better understanding of what you're working with. And then, you know, certainly deliver the plan, you know, make sure there is a plan and, and it's is clear purpose and then, um, and then work the plan.
0: All right. Yeah, my wife and I are both teachers and we find it amusing and painful at the same time that uh regardless of what lesson plan we had for teaching the same material the year before we're always yeah. always revisiting it depending on number 1 where yeah. our kids are and number 2 who those kids are it changes right. everything. And uh it sounds like that's your philosophy as well. We got to get to know who we, what we have. Who we have, and what they need, and then deliver it, so yeah. that they can do something with it. Yeah, I could do even
1: more. Yeah, I think that you know you, the cliche saying of, you know, just doing something because it's what we did, it's what we've always done This is so true, especially with teaching, and certainly with coaching. Is I think you have to always be humbled by. The, the opportunity and the need to, for adaptation and to, to get a better understanding of, you know, the specific young man and people you're working with. And, you know, it, it's different. To, this year's group is very different than last year's group. And right. even what it was three years ago. Um, but you can still have your standards. You can still have, hey, this is this is what it means to be a Buckeye. You know, and Buckeye lacrosse is not for everyone. And, you 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 know, you have your staples, and we certainly do. But you have areas where you can be flexible as well.
0: All right. I liked, uh, I read in, in your bio as well that uh, the student student athlete commitment is not a four year commitment, it is a lifelong commitment. And I thought that, that was a, a really cool way to put that, uh, what you're trying to build there with these guys. Because, I mean, let's face it, they're all graduating college and moving on to life. Right. You know, they're moving out into yeah. the world where they're going to be. You know impacting society, and uh that's what you're building. I think that's well, great that's the whole I mean, that's certainly how you define
1: success and every program probably has a different a little bit different de- definition of success, but for us, you know a big part for for our staff is the opportunity like a Scott to see a young man like that come through your program All right and make you know just a rock star you know and, and have this incredible skill set. And Scotty especially, like I said, he's he such an exceptional young man in terms of his maturity and his approach and his delivery. But there's others that come to you maybe even a bit more raw, you know, that right. haven't been trained or haven't had the opportunities or some of the blessings that some of us have had. And I think, you know, our goal is through our program is to create consistency with some of the, the you know, the, the non-negotiables, if you will, and you know, at the same time, in a, in a very caring and loving environment and a brotherhood. Sure. So when they do leave here, they're comfortable understanding what it means to be a great teammate, what it means to be a great coworker. But at the end of the day, that corner office is gonna be mine. You know, what I mean, I, I know how to compete for something. I know how to set a goal. And I know how to be you know, uh, a guy that can be reliable and execute and get the job done. You know, and that's a a really
0: delicate balance. It is. Um, I I think uh, I also read in one of those articles that you uh, encourage players to be go-getters, to be hungry, to crave feedback, and be pushed and challenged. And, you know, the the thing that I'm running into lately that, uh, you know, I'd like your take on is uh, I've got players that – that, they're, that are so hungry to be the player that they're forgetting about being just another one of the players. And uh, they're starting to look around. Is somebody else working as hard as I am? If they're not, why am I not playing ahead of them? Uh, it's it's an a- atmosphere that that's tough because you've got talented kids. And our, our program has their share of talented kids, and, and we – so we have these attitudes at times where the the hunger and the humble don't mix so well. Uh, I don't know if, yeah. what your experience with that is and, and how you handle that, but I'd, I'd be interested in hearing it.
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, I don't know if I have a perfect answer for you there, and I think the high school athletic piece may be a bit different in terms of, right. you know, there's that identification process that's, that in, in some kids' minds is driving this you know, this uh, sense that I have to prove myself to, you know, play in this club team or or go to this event or, you know, be able to to go to this, you know, to go to this school. So, you know, I think that's, that's, if I heard you correctly, that's part of that. Like I have to be separate. I have to separate myself from from my other teammates. Right, And that's a challenge. And I think as as a high school team, there has to be that, that we, not me approach. And I think that's why that, that grade, you know, there's some guys that haven't been grading out for it with it that give an incredible effort, incredible effort. Right. That's your all in, right? Give relentless effort. You know, that understand what's being asked of them and then do their job really well. But at the end of the day, they're not making anybody better around them. Right. You know? And I think that was eye opening for some guys when they started getting graded one and the not me. Like, Coach, what do you mean? And I go, listen, here's the deal you're, you're working your butt off, and you, you're doing exactly what we're asking of you, but you might as well be training with blinders on. You know, because you're not, you, you have no energy. You're not, you don't, you know, you're not handing in a water bottle. You're not making anybody better. And it that has to be like a rah-rah thing. It doesn't have to be a rah-rah. You know, me guys oh, well, I'm not a rah-rah guy. Great. What else do you, how are you bringing value to our family? How are you making our brotherhood stronger? And if you can't answer that question, you get a problem. Right. You know, and that's, that's how I pose this to some guys that maybe are struggling in that area is, you know, it's got to be more than you. It's gotta be we. It's right. gotta be your success has to be defined by the ability for for Mason Lacrosse, for Ohio State Lacrosse to be elite. You know, an elite is caring about each other in a way that, that Upper Arlington doesn't. You know, we're counting on Maryland screwing that up or or Cornell or Hopkins or Syracuse or Denver, you know, these are all incredible programs. Right. At the end of the day, you know, they're all coached very well. They all have great schemes, so our hope is that our kids just have stronger bonds and stronger, and stronger strength of will when it matters
0: most. Right. I mean, that's, the, I'm convinced that that's the key. That's why this, this, I'm even talking to you about this right now because it's, it's that important. I mean, talent, yeah. I tell the kids, I said, talent's all kind of relative. You guys have talent. You've worked yeah. hard. Uh, they're working hard. Uh, there's no shortage of that. What there is a shortage of is people working for each other to make each other better. Um, oh, and everybody, everybody taught I me mean, that's something that you, everyone talks about, but at, at the end of the day, who's, who's really
1: living it, who's executing it. You right. Know? And I think that's something that, you know, that's where these R factories these Wednesdays are just awesome discussions because we talk about that. You know, we identify that and our kids now have been trained to like see it. So like they can see and almost identify a team that, that has a, a fracture or weakness or, Area where we've identified as a we not we, like break, right. That's pretty cool when your kids start to like be able to identify those, and that's something that they'll identify in the workforce. They'll identify selfishness, they'll identify a guy that's below the line. They we talk about below the line behavior so much that like they can't not see it in their day to day, you know what I mean? Right, because it's, it's discussed and it's outlined, it's hammered home. So that's kind of the cool part is when kids start to like be able to not only start to live it, which is hard. Right. And do to hard hard do it consistently, but then also to be able to identify it and say, hey, listen, that's not a company I want to be a part of with that structure, you know, or that culture. Because culture beats talent. I mean that's that's it. I mean you gotta believe that your culture will beat a talented team any day.
0: Yeah. And, I, I mean I truly you know. believe that. You you and I seem to be uh, studying the same people. I I I hear the uh they have to know their why. I get that from Simon Sinek, uh among yeah. others. And the we, not me is very, very much what we're about here. Uh, I, I'm passing around the hard hat right now with my seniors and juniors. And uh, they are very much loving what they read there. And, and they can relate to it because it's a bottle across team. It's a bottle across player sure. and uh, being that ultimate teammate. So I, I think putting that stuff in front of them is helping. Uh, yeah. What I haven't spent any time on is what you're terming the R factor. Can you describe for me a little bit more about what you're doing there or what that's about
1: yeah that's tough I mean, that, that's 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 maybe for another day honestly it's, okay it's, uh, it's a lot you know okay <laughs> school here but yeah the the you know I would say this I mean it's it's a it's a toolbox it's a um it's a it's a vocabulary and more so than it is like um you know a workbook you know like whereas John Gordon's books are Incredible, the energy bus, you know, the the story of George, the, the hard camp. hat, yeah, yeah, they're unbelievable, you yeah. know. And he came in and spoke to our team. He's unbelievable. Um, but but what the R factor is 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 is, is, is training. It's, it's actually literally training your team. And what we've done, and we've been very fortunate because, like I said, it's it's weekly. It's it's, it's a reinforcement. It's a it's a six step process. So R1 is press pause, R2 is get your mind right, etc. And the the R, you're training yourselves to have a stronger R. So the E, you know, it's the E plus R equals O pattern right? or, or formula. And the events in your life are everywhere. You know, it's, it's everything from the alarm clock to your girlfriend, to your parents, to your Spanish teacher, to the, the raining outside. I mean, everything's an event. So what you're doing is you're identifying the events and, and every event has an R or well, you realize an R which ultimately creates the outcome. Yeah. Right. So what we're working on is like, is your R above the line or below the line? Because that's all that matters because okay. the events are out of our control. It's just what your R is going to be. What's your R going to be when you're losing by 12 in the fourth quarter? Right. How yeah, do you can respond to that? You know, what, what kind of a team are you? You know, what are you going to do when you're up 12? What are you going to do when you're down? You know, and so there's obvious, um, what are you going to do in the bus ride and the way there? We went to UNC and we like scripted out our East bus ride, parents, playing time, tailgate. We wrote them all down. We wrote down like 20 events. Wow. And then we said, okay, let's write down what above the line behavior is. What are you going to do when your parent goes up to you after the game and you went in, in the fourth quarter for the first time? And you're a freshman. And your parents are used to having everyone tell them how good they are. and You didn't play in the script. And mom says, what the heck? We played. Right. Are you played. How you respond to that? What's your R? You know, so like I, heard, I, said, I can't. <laughs> you know, this yeah. this will happen. You know, yeah. my mom used to hug me for, for three years, and it's been processed. It's not going to be Okay, I said, okay. No, just, you know, but let's talk about it, and then ride and get off and play. All right. How do you respond? You know, so I think the, the big thing that he, that Tim talks about is the ability to be more intentional versus impulsive. Okay. And that's why like R1 is press pause. Like you want kids when that it comes time to respond, to be intentional, you know, and to have an R that, that is thought out, that is planned versus impulsive behavior, impulsive talk, impulsive, you know, and, and like one of the things that he defines as, you know, which is interesting to me is below the line behavior, is autopilot, and I think that's, you know, and that's the number one culprit of below line behavior, which doesn't always be identified as, like, kids don't see that as, as bad. Like, sitting in school and flipping through your Twitter while the teacher's talking is below-the-line. Right. That's absolutely below-the-line behavior. You know, it's, 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 you know, practicing where your mind's on something else and you're just not at your best. That's autopilot. I mean, that's you're, you're, that's below-the-line. Okay. You know, so I'll bring the team in. If we're not having a great start, i say, like, guys, this the bottom line is we're not all here. You know, there's enough guys that are here that are on autopilot right now that for us to, to have a great workout, we're going to have to make a change. Right. And they they respond to that, you know. So, like, again, I could go on and on with where we've used it in a lot of different fetches, but what I think is the biggest takeaway is the kids have a toolbox. And, like, like a kid came in my office today, he's having trouble at home. He said, Hey coach, I got a big E I wanna to talk to you about. Wow. You know, I was like, you know, so like they taught it they're like using the language. Yeah. Like we we've, we've adopted the whole vampire thing from John Gordon from yeah. the energy bus. Right. And like, you know, being a vampire is the low line behavior. So they say that to me, I hate you being a vampire. <laughs> um, you know, which is which is awesome. So
0: anyway. No, that's great. I mean that I, it sounds like a healthy atmosphere. I, I you know, I've already told Skyler, I said, You're gonna you're gonna love it at Ohio State. Uh, no doubt about it. Scotty had a, a great experience there when he when he did make this, the change and come to Ohio State. That was a perfect fit for him. Uh, and uh, Skyler's going to be a great fit for you. He's a great kid. He uh, he's going to be a, a heck of a player at at the next level. Uh, I'm just happy I got him for another few years. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, no doubt. Um, I don't want to take any more of your time, Coach. You you've given me you've, you've went ahead and answered a lot of the questions I had. I mean, the resources are are there. Um, quotes are flying left and right. And, uh, there's some really good stuff here for, you know, coaches like myself, uh, and, and many others to, to go ahead and, and, and work with, I'm going to, I'm going to get busy on the R factor right now. Uh, so I really appreciate your time tonight. Um, I I know that you're going to have a great season again this year. Uh, Probably in my my estimate, you'll you'll go as far as you did last year. But even if you don't, uh, it sounds like the atmosphere there is just a championship atmosphere, regardless. Uh,
1: well, I appreciate you sharing that. I'm humbled by that. Some of those comments, and you know, I think collectively it's been it's been really really awesome to be in Ohio now, going on almost 15 years, and it's uh the game has grown, and you know, we're hopeful that we continue to you know bring in the right young men and and um, you know, create an atmosphere, which is certainly competitive, but also one that's structured for them to have success after they leave. It's great. It's refreshing to have someone who want to talk about this stuff and talk about who my starting attack is and who the best defenseman is. You know, I get a lot of that, so it's it's great to have this opportunity. And, you know, I certainly wish you the
0: best. Well, thanks a lot, coach. Uh, Again, I appreciate your time tonight. um, And uh, look forward to seeing you maybe up at the uh, Ohio machine clinic. You going to be there again this year? Right on. Yeah, sounds great. Okay. Well, we'll see you there. Take care, coach. Bye now. Bye. -bye. This has been Laxicon. Thanks for listening.